The following audio is from Grace Fellowship of Westerville. To learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.gracefcwesterville.org. We talk about hidden talents in the church. Well, there's one, right? Not only she did a wonderful job, but it takes some guts to come out here. And without, like, notes. I mean, I know my stuff too, but I always got to have notes just in case I get a, it's called a brain fart. Thank you so much. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to come to your house to worship you and praise your name and listen to your word. And today we're going to talk about giving thanks. It's a time of Thanksgiving and sometimes we forget what the holidays is all about. So bless us as we study your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So before we get started, some of you asked about what's going on with the preaching and, you know, what, the, what we're going to discuss. So I'll just give you an update. So next Sunday, Scott's going to preach. After that, we're going to do a series on Christmas because Christmas is coming. And um, after Christmas, we're going to start the new year off with a series. We're going to talk about the Ten Commandments. So study your Ten Commandments. After the Ten Commandments, we're going to jump into the book of Ephesians and we'll go through the verses like we usually did. So just FYI. And then, no, we'll, we'll take our time with the book of Ephesians. But today I want to talk to you about one of my favorite holidays is Thanksgiving. And I heard a third grader give a, a report concerning the origins of a Thanksgiving holiday. And she wrote a little poem. They had to explain the what, the who, and the where. And she said, the pilgrims came here seeking freedom from you know what. When they landed, they gave thanks to you-know-who. Because of them, we can worship each Sunday you-know-where. And Thanksgiving is a special day in America, and, you know, the pilgrims came, and some, there's some debate, but in 1621, and the reason I know that is because I had to study all this for, for a citizenship test. And, uh, and the Abraham Lincoln in 1863 declared it a national holiday, and every year as a nation... We take a day of thanksgiving. But have you noticed how thanksgiving in this nation is, seems to be the forgotten holiday? It, it, it really is. You know, I walked into Lowe's down in the Polaris in October. And I already see Halloween and Christmas. And this is October. But nothing there for thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is kind of sandwiched in the middle you know, and if you look real hard, you might find some kind of Thanksgiving card or some turkey platter type of thing. But Halloween costumes, Christian decorations, toys, everything's kind of commercialized. And Thanksgiving is really, how can you commercialize on that, right? It's about giving, not receiving. And, but as Christians, we should make much of the Thanksgiving holiday because we have so much to be thankful for. And Thanksgiving is a special day, and it's more than just a day. Most importantly, the Bible teaches us that Thanksgiving is a duty. And a spirit-filled Christian, word-filled, obedient, faithful Christian, give thanks to God for everything. Why? Because that's how we enter into His presence. Look with me in Psalm 100 and verses 4 through 5. It says, Enter in His gates with thanksgiving, and unto His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him, and bless His name 
For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures in all generations. And I want to tell you something. When you pray without thanksgiving, you kind of clip the wings of your prayer so it cannot rise. And we enter His gates with thanksgiving. We enter His courts. And the Bible is is full of text and full of scripture that tells us how we as Christians are to be thankful to our God. But today I want to look at one verse and kind of talk about it. Because it's my very favorite verse. It's Ephesians 5.20. And it says, Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In my opinion, opinion, there's not a better Thanksgiving text than this one in my opinion. But it's also, the reason I say that is because it's also the hardest command for us to obey. If it's simply said giving thanks or give thanks for some things or sometimes, but that's not what it says. It says giving thanks always for all, all things. Is that possible? Really? Can, can we do that? Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. And you know, in my opinion, there's four levels of thankfulness. You know, the lowest level is Some people that are always complaining about everything. They're never thankful for anything. Have you met anyone like that? They're always complaining. They have a problem for every solution. They can't find anything good. And I read a story about a woman who was married to a man like that, unfortunately. Some ladies probably can relate, huh? He could never be pleased. And one morning she got out of bed and she said, you know what, I'm going to be determined to please my husband. And she said, you know, I'm going to make your breakfast any the way you like. He said, all right, I want French toast. I want coffee with cream and five teaspoons of sugar. She said, all right, do you want any eggs? He says, yeah, I'll take some eggs. I want one fried over easy and the other scrambled. So, you know, she went and prepared the breakfast just as he asked. So he comes down after taking a shower with a disappointed look on his face. And she says, honey, what's wrong? And he looks at her and says, you scrambled the wrong egg. Some people are like that. Right? They're never thankful. Now, the second, third level is some people, they, they don't complain, but they never uh, thank God for, the, for His obvious blessings. They're like a hog under a tree eating, eating acorns. You know, we have a Russian old fable story about a hog who never looks up where they come from. They just kind of come and gather the acorns, but they never look up to thank the tree or God where gifts come from. Some people go through life, never once thank God, nor others. They're never, you know, if you really look at it, we have so many magnificent blessings in our lives. But some people just consuming, consuming without looking up to praise Him. Then you have people that give thanks for obvious blessings, right? Good happens, they're grateful. We thank God for our parent blessings, food, health, friends, family, for joy and things like that. For the church. But let me tell you what the highest level of being thankful is being thankful always for all things. You know, when I was out in California, I worked for a company called Kaiser Permanente. And in my first month, I was asked to, I was still learning things, and I was asked to participate in the exit interview because there was a person that was retiring. She was part of my team, and she spent 30 years with the company. 
And they had a policy, basically, you know, on your last day, they just write you a physical check of everything they owe you. So when you're part ways, they're, they're kind of done with you, except your retirement. So we sit in there, and she did her calculations, and the HR person is going over, and, you know, the final numbers and what your check is going to be like. And she was kind of like, well, hold on, something's off. You know, she's, she's, she, her calculations were, she was missing $3,000. Well, as it turns out, I'm still new. The company no longer paid out for all the sick time that you accrue. So she had lots of sick time. And they're going back and forth with the HR person. I thought, you know, I should have brought some popcorn because there's going to be some drama. But she stopped and she said, you know what? If that's the case, then that's what it is. I thank the Lord God that throughout all these years, that I've never had to use sick time. I see a lot of people my age in hospitals, and Kaiser Permanente is the hospital, but I never had to use it. You know, at that point, it's, it's kind of like you're sitting there paying attention, then the hairs on your neck stand up. That's what it's like, thanking God always for all things. And at that point, honestly, I realized that thankful people are happy people. Unhappy people are unthankful people. And did you know that everything happens to you is causes us to thank God? You say thanks when we receive gifts, right? Somebody gives you something. But what we need to realize that every circumstance that has come into our life is a gift of God. And we need to thank God for all things. So no matter how bad the circumstances, terrible, the sickness, deep the heartache, we need to say, thank you, Father. When we acknowledge that no matter what's happening in our lives, we need to acknowledge that our Heavenly Father is bigger. Bigger, and He has allowed it. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and through 18, He says, Rejoice always. Pray without seasoning. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, some people are trying to say, well, I find, I'm trying to find the will of God for my life. Well, the will of God is not lost. It's right there. Right? Read your Bible. Some are trying to find it. There it is. In everything, give thanks. That's part of God's will for your life. I didn't, I didn't write it. It's in the Bible. And some trying to say, well, are you trying to tell us that we are to give thanks for all things. If I give thanks, don't I approve evil? If I give thanks for everything, doesn't that mean I approve evil? I thank God for rape, murder, wars. What we need to remember is that we live on this planet Earth, and the planet Earth bears a curse because of sin. And our bodies, our mortal bodies, bear a curse because of Adam's sin. We're not going to turn to it now, but in Ephesians in two verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 3, it, it tells us that we are children of wrath. We're born into this world with the nature of Adam, the first Adam. And the Bible says in Romans 5.12 that by one man, this is just Adam, sin entered into the world and by death we get sin. So if you need to really realize, every one of us here this morning has a terminal, in, terminal illness. And that terminal illness is we're all going to die. That is, if before Jesus comes. I shared with you the latest statistic on death before, right? They did a study, and 
came to a conclusion that one of our one of every one persons must die. We'll have a terminal illness because of Adam's sin. So we need to admit that. And you know, sometimes people say, well, this person died a natural death. There's no such thing as a natural death. Death is due to sin. It's a result of sin. You know, one man came to a pastor and said, how can I be thankful? Can you tell me why I'm suffering? Are you able to tell me, pastor? He said, sure. He opened up Job um, 14.1 and he read, man who is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. So no, doesn't mean we approve evil when we give thanks in everything. It means that you trust God, that you're saying no matter what, God is sovereign, he's in control. There's no panic in heaven. Every earthquake, every rainstorm that happens, every flower in the field, every hair on your head is numbered. God knows it all and there's no panic. And that's why Paul wrote to Philippians, as we studied Philippians before in 4.6, says, don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. With thanksgiving. God will put a wall of protection around the person who refuses to worry. And we, we studied worry in our emotional series. A great portion has to be of our prayer or thanksgiving. You know, we're worried about the world affairs, and I hear some people talking about politics and all that kind of stuff, what's going on in our world, in our country. But if you read the book of, we're not going to turn there either, but if you read the book of Revelation chapters 4 and 5, you will find the words, he's on the throne, thy throne, 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 throne. Why? Because John is saying, I don't care what's happening down here, because he's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. He rules in heaven. So next time we have problems in our life, don't press the panic button. Praise the, push the praise button. And in everything, give thanks. You know, I was thinking we, in our Wednesday's meet, uh, prayer meeting, we kind of briefly touched on it, but we touched the story of Daniel. Everybody knows the story of Daniel, right? Why did Daniel never push the panic button? But he always praised God and was always thankful. You know, if you turn to Daniel 6.10, it says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home in his upper room. This is when King Darius had signed a decree forbidding worship of any god but himself. So this is what Daniel does. He went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times at that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. You see, circumstances did not change whenever he should be thankful or not. Good days, bad days. His life was at risk, but Daniel thanked God. Why? Because God deserves our thanks, regardless of his threatening circumstances. So, we need to understand that not all things are good, and for me to say that all things are good will be making a mockery of, out of God and a mockery out of us, because in Isaiah 5.20 it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So not all things are good, but God is good. You know, and when I was working for Kaiser, their headquarters is in Oakland, California. 
And I did not know at the time, but I guess Oakland is like the third most dangerous city in the nation. I did not know that. And to be honest with you, not that I'm the most courageous person, but I'm not afraid to walk in a bad neighborhood during nighttime. Where I was staying, I was afraid to walk outside during the daytime. So I was thinking, God, how could this be? There's tents everywhere, homelessness, people on drugs. How, how can this be? How can, how can we thank God for all these things? Murder is not good. Rape is not good. Abandoned children being homeless. So how can we thank God for these kind of things? And again, my friends, you need to understand that things may not be good, but God is good. In James 1.17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes from Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now, there's evil in this world, and I want you to understand this very clearly. The Bible says we give all things for all things, but don't get the idea that God is the creator of evil. Therefore, we should think God is not the creator of evil. Our God, the Bible God, is a God of perfection. He created everything perfect. But when sin entered the world, that's the problem. And if you read in 1 John 5, 19, it says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So how can we thank God for heartache? How can we thank God for sorrow? Well, We don't have a problem thanking God for simple things, right? When we thank God for the obvious blessings. But what about those sorrowful things? What about when we hurt? What about when we have those hurt that only you and God could understand? That kind of hurt. Only God alone knows how deep they are. Why should we thank God for those kind of things? For heartache, problems, sickness, death. Because when we have trouble, it may correct us. It may correct us. Hebrews 12, 11 says this. No, no, now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Did anybody's dad whip him? Take the bell out? My did that. Still does. Some people think you ought not to do that. But my father would say, you know, I'm sure your fathers did too. Son, I do this because I love you, right? And then, sometimes I thought I was his favorite. But, but look at it. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A little whipping in the present time does not seem to be joyous. But afterward, it yields peaceable fruit of righteousness. You know, dad's staying with me at times. He'll be not happy with me sometimes. to so say, I did not raise you that way. And I'll tell him that you didn't whip me enough. But look up Psalm 119. It says in, in verse 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. But now I keep your word. Before I was afflicted, I was, went astray. Suffering and pain sometimes corrects us and causes us to turn to God and thank God for it. 
Thank God for it. And I'll tell you something else suffering will do. It will bring you to a deeper maturity in Christ's likeness. If you look again in Psalm 67, um, uh, Psalm 119, verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And then a couple of verses down in verse 71, it says, It is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Friends, many times we never really look up until God puts us on our back. That's when we look up. We never see until our eyes have been washed with tears. We need to understand that God loves us. He died for us. And His priority for you is not health and wealth and all the good things. It's not prior, he's not prior, his priority is not for you primarily for service in church or your usefulness in church. God's priority for you is your spiritual maturity to make you like the Lord Jesus Christ. It is your holiness. That's his priority. If you look at Romans 8.29, it says, for, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. That's God's purpose for you. To be like Jesus. And affliction in our lives causes us to be like Jesus or to turn to God. Then thank God for it. But wait, there's more. Let me tell you something else that does. When you go through suffering and pain and heartache, and you come out on the other side still praising God, you know what happens? You shut the devil's mouth. You shut the devil's mouth. Why? Because it confirms your testimony to other people when you go through suffering. We all remember the story of Job, right? Job and the devil, and he didn't know this conversation between the devil and, and God took place. And, you know, everything was taken away from Job. He lost everything except a nagging wife. And she told him, you know, curse God and die. But he persevered. He shut the devil's mouth. And God blessed them even more. You know, turn to Philippians in verse uh, Philippians 1.12. Paul is in prison. And as I study the, Paul's journeys, I think as we, when we travel, we look for hotels. He was probably looking for what kind of prisons they had. But in Philippians 1.12, it says, But I, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. The things, he's in jail. The things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of gospel. Paul is saying, yes, I suffered, but it caused the gospel to go further. Friends, my parents moved us out of this evil country, communist empire used to be known as the Soviet Union. They persecuted Christians, locked them up in jail since... And here's the fun fact. Your, your church, our church member, Victor Agorodnikov, his father, and my great-grandpa, they sat in prison together. Both pastors. Why? Because they were preaching God's word. And you know, my father's generation, they all left Uzbekistan, Soviet Union. Everybody pretty much fled to the United States, primarily California. I don't know why. But, but here's the thing. Those seed that those pastors planted there. My father recently went to Uzbekistan. Guess what? That church is still alive and well. It is filled with God's people. 
uh, you know, all those people moved out, but it's still full. It's, God's word is still being preached there. But let me ask you this. Where is Soviet Union? Fell apart. It causes the gospel to go further. So sometimes we like to see the results. You're not going to see the results maybe right away. You'll see the results later. So what if these brothers, or Paul, hey man, this is too much of suffering. I'm just going to give up. Look at Philippians 1.29. It says, for you, that is Christians, it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. But also to suffer for his sake. You know, we don't look at that. We don't think about that. But that's one of the costs of being a Christian. And time is coming here in America too. And when we can go through heartaches, tears, fears, disappointments, and still serve God, friends, it shuts the devil's mouth and it confirms the testimony in the Lord. Paul endured almost every conceivable Hardship, shipwrecks, beatings, mockings, you know, hunger, thirst, character, you name it, he faced it. But God used it all as a platform to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul writes to Romans in 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So folks, we're not just simply to be thanking God once a year. One day is not long enough to thank God for all the blessing that he gives us. And in Psalm 68, 19, it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits and God of our salvation, Selah. You know what that word means? Because it's, I studied this, it was actually absent from the Russian Bible. It means think about it. Take a pause. So if we pause to think, you will have cause to be thankful for. Just pause. And Lamentations uh, 3.23 says, There are new every morning. He's talking about the blessings, mercies of God. Great is your faithfulness. So, dear friends, we're always to be given thanks. Always. And, you know, there's that old hymn that we used to sing and I haven't heard in a long time. It's the Count Your Blessings. You guys remember that? Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Every prayer that we pray should, needs to be salted with thanks. And if you come to God and you say, God, do this or give me this, or, and you're not thanking God for whatever he already gave you, this applies for everything. And friends, we're wicked and foolish. Why should give you anything if you didn't thank him what he's already given you? Think about it. If you're not thankful for what you already have, it's doubtful that you'll be thankful for what you're going to get. And our original text in Ephesians 5.20, it says, giving thanks always for all things, not some things. And there's so much to be thankful for. So many times when we're thanking God, we're thanking God for what? The cars, the clothes, the food, the safety, the health. And again, those are wonderful objects to give thanks to God for. But if you look at the verse, it says, in Ephesians 5.20, unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 9.15, it says, thanks be to God for what? It's a credible gift. 
God's highest gift should awaken man's deepest gratitude. And let me put it this way. If you don't have what we consider blessings, you don't have clothes, cars, homes, whatever you want to call it, and the only thing you got is Jesus, you got enough to praise God for all eternity. I don't care where you're at on your deathbed, whatever's happening, or in your life, if you got Christ, you got plenty, plenty to be thankful for. So we need to develop this attitude of gratitude and and thank God for all things in our lives, you know. And the best way to show my gratitude to God is to accept everything. And it's hard, isn't it? It's even for me. Even my problems with joy, I have to accept it with joy. Even if you don't understand what's going on, you just say, thank you, Father. Isn't that hard? We always want to know. But Job didn't understand. He didn't know. It's easy for us to understand because we knew the conversation that took place between God and the devil. But, but he didn't know. But in Isaiah 55, 8, verses 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, says the Lord. For as heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then in Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord of, our, Lord of our, our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. See, we are to live by promises, not by explanations. We, we live by faith, not by sight. And you know, a farmer had a pile of brush that he had put on his tractor and he was going to burn it. So he was creating this pile of all this brush, and all of a sudden a little bird started making its nest over there, ready to put the eggs. So he went over there and destroyed it. So the next day he comes back, the nest is, you know, is there again, the bird is building the nest again, so he destroyed it. The next day he piled more stuff on and saw the nest again. He finally destroyed it and burned the pile. The bird could have said, why these terrible things happen to me? I keep building, he keeps destroying. I keep building, he keeps destroying. But it was the hand of love that destroyed that nest because he knew he was going to burn it. You see, the bird didn't understand. Well, the bird didn't have to understand. And a man was shipwrecked on an island and hoped to be rescued, so he's, he piled up all these things from the wreckage to you know, to help him survive all the food, and he built a little hut, and so he went hunting. And while he was hunting, he saw smoke. And it was in an area where his hut was, so he started running, and everything, he didn't turn off the campfire, and everything caught fire. His hut, all the things he saved, everything was ruined, everything burned up. And he said, God, why have you put me on this island? Why have you forsaken me? And all of a sudden, a ship comes ashore. It says, we saw your signal. We saw your smoke. And we come to rescue you. So we don't understand sometimes things that God is doing in our life. 
Now, before I want to uh, end here to this morning, I want to speak to those that do not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe Jesus is knocking at your door on your heart this morning. Don't silence it. Don't let it pass by. Ephesians 5.18 tells us, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Are you filled with the Spirit? And the Bible says, All things work together for good to those who love God and according, according to His purpose. See, that's not a promise for everybody. That's not a promise for everybody. Just to those who love God. And you cannot love God without loving His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot know God without first knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Unsaved man cannot practice Ephesians 5.20. That's the only way you can reach the Bible level of thankfulness and be able to thank God always and for all things is by knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says that any man or woman that's not of the Spirit of Christ, they're none of His. So we need to come to a place in our life, we need to say, we need to check, is Jesus really the Lord of our life? Lord, I desire for you to have complete control over my life. You know what happens when we finally surrender completely? You're going to have joy. You're going to have joy bubbling up even when things are going bad. You're still going to have this inner joy and you're going to be able to thank God for all things. And when we murmur, we need to realize and complain about the things that are in our life. Really, we're complaining and murmuring against God. Did you know that? Because the Bible says we need to give thanks in all things. So that's what I want to lay on your heart this morning. Whenever it's like... In a prison, or we have a bad situation, as Paul's going on, or your Thanksgiving table, dinner table, we need to be thanking God, not just one. And again, I'm going to say this, unthankfulness is not a weakness, it's a sin. Be thankful for what you have. Ephesians 5.20 is not a suggestion to us Christians, but a command. If you look at it, it says, giving thanks always. Giving, you see that? It's a continual thing. It's not one time a year. Giving, it's continually. And my prayer is that you would ask God's help to help you practice the grace of gratitude. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we have Christ and that most of us, most of us here have much, much more from your gracious hand. And make us be ever grateful, ever thankful as it springs from the hearts that we are humble, made humble by filling of your spirit, Father. You've been so much to us. And again, if the only thing we have is Christ, we have much to be thankful for. And I pray that everybody at the Thanksgiving table gives you praise and thank you for all the things you've given us, not just materially, but spiritually, for family, for church, and teach us, God, to be thankful for in all things. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.